powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. We're back. It feels like it's been forever since we've spoken. It's been a time for the Montreal Canadiens. Nothing really has happened, but it seems like everybody's very excited. Why is that? Well, in just under 25 minutes, the NHL draft lottery begins, and the Montreal Canadiens have the best chance to take the first overall draft pick. Is it a good chance? No. It's uh, over 70% chance that they will not get that first overall pick, but they can't pick lower than third. So no matter what, everybody has to leave here happy, right? It's going to be a happy stream. We're going to talk to some cool people. We're going to bring in a bunch of Canadians fans to live react to the dra to the draft lottery as it's going on. You get to see their faces and see all the emotions as it goes on. It's going to be fun. So uh, to start things off, let's just... Uh, Talk about uh, how the playoffs has gone. Obviously, got to dig a little bit on the Maple Leafs. They had the series under control. They, they let it go. Where, where's it going? Big, big game today for the Maple Leafs. Obviously, once this stream is finished, you can jump over to the Sportsnet YouTube channel and check out uh, Steve Dangle in pain. Watch his heart rate as the Maple Leafs clearly fold out on home ice and uh, let the Lightning take control of that series. And uh, after that, you can check out Game Over Toronto with Harnish and Armand, which is fantastic. But, you know, it's a lottery tonight, which means it's all about odds right now, right? And sports betting is at the top of mind for everybody right now. I know it's all over the place. It's here, too. But you can get all of your playoff action at Sport Interaction, SDPN's new big partner. Before the game starts, live in play or how your favorite uh, or how your favorite player will perform Canada plays at SIA. Doing it right since 1997 with the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus, please play responsibly. And if you check out the description in YouTube video, or if you're listening as a podcast later, you can find a link. If you need help disengage from gambling, it's there. Okay. We have, you know, our morals are there, right? If you need help, you can get help. You can find it here. All right. So the lottery itself begins at 630. So we've got 23 minutes to hype it up, right? Who are the Canadians going to take this? Year? Who is going to be first overall? I think we all know it's going to be. Will the Canadians pick? If they pick third, who's it going to be? We'll have to talk to some people that we know here. I'm going to bring in two people who I've worked with for a very long time. And yes, uh, somebody in the in the chat on our Zoom chat with all of our participants who are going to come in and react live. Notice that I am wearing the trans rights SDPN shirt. Absolutely. Got to represent. Uh, but I'm going to welcome in two people that I've worked with for a long time from way back at EOTP. And Jared kind of came in after me, but uh, we've worked together a long time as well. So I'm going to flip this over and bring in Maddie Drake, Jared Book. How's it going, guys? Doing terrific. Good. I'll be good, better good when we get only, that first Like pick. you said. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, limiting my, my, my mood to how the lobby turns out. But, uh, no, I mean, well, it's, like, it's like one of those like scratch-off tickets where like you're guaranteed to win at least something. Like the worst they do is third. That's not bad. Yep. That's the best. That's the best place they've drafted in the last 20 years. 
Uh, don't look at the results last two times they did it, but <laughs> best best pick they've had in the last 20 years. Well, different organization now than yeah, the no, last exactly. two times they I, picked I, I, third. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are just like freaking out at the idea of picking third after how the situation <laughs> devolved with both Kokniemi and Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> I feel like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are much more committed to developing prospects. Obviously, we haven't seen the big hires yet in the development side. We've seen the one skills coach brought in. But other than that, I think most of that stuff is going to happen in the summer. But it, it just seems to me that the attitude is so much different in regards to prospects that people should relax a little <laughs> just, just the fact they have one like you just mentioned they have one skills coach that's more than they've had the last 20 years yep. like like just that just that is is a huge difference but like i'm not gonna go to bat for for trevor timmons i'm i'm not gonna like defend to the death it's not the hill i'm gonna die on but i will maintain those were two perfectly good picks the problem was afterwards they both had great 18 year old seasons both of them kakinyemi and galchenyi both did like they weren't bad picks it was just what happened afterwards, and that goes with development. But that that's that's a different story. But yeah, it I, I'm not prepared for, and I don't think Canadians fans are prepared for the the trauma of losing both lotteries and picking third at the same time. Like I, I just feel like that's gonna like it's like a mountain of of everything coming back. But like you mentioned, it's a completely different organization. Uh, even Trevor Timmons is gone, and, and it feels like he's been here forever as well like it's just completely everything you know about the history of the Montreal Canadiens forget it right now it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be better going forward but just don't rely on the past to predict the future because it means absolutely nothing yeah and their their history with that third pick was always with Timmons as well right every time that they had a bad you know experience with a third overall pick it was it was him that was making the decision he always seemed to do way better in the later rounds right he got those He's the guy who got Brendan Gallagher. He got Joshua Roy last year in the fifth round. Like he seems to kill it in the later rounds, but you know, throughout his career, you know, name me one really good first round pick that he had. Uh, there's a couple that are still in the pipeline that, that might come through and end up doing really well for the team. But for the most part, his success was always in the later rounds. And I think that's where, you know, if they don't get the first overall pick, if they end up picking third tonight, which is the worst they can get, it's not the worst thing in the world. Obviously I have my heart set on the first pick. I want Shane, right? But if they went third and they got Uri Slavkovsky, they still have Calgary's pick later in the first round. They still have what? Two second round picks, three third round picks. They have a lot of picks in the first three rounds. There's a, a very good chance if they've done their homework, if they've looked at everybody that's going to be available, that they're going to be able to make a significant impact on the team's future in this draft. So yeah, yeah, we want the first pick, but hey, if, if it drops down to third, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing about this draft is I feel like everyone is focused on the lack of immediate game-breaking talent, right? And Shane Wright is the guy who's most NHL-ready. He's probably going to be the highest-impact player in this draft. Uh, I think people are sleeping on him a little bit because they saw him play a couple games at the World Juniors and he wasn't amazing. But overall, the people that watch him every every day, every game that I've talked to say that he is a real difference maker in the NHL. He just doesn't have that dynamic game breaking skill set that, you know, a Connor Bedard has or a Connor McDavid has. He's not a Connor. Uh, so he he's going to be a guy that if the Canadians get him immediately impact the organization could be as soon as next year that he could slot in behind Suzuki, which is a, a better position than most of these other teams have 
because he doesn't have to immediately come in and be number one, right? He can come in in slightly softer minutes and immediately get good line mates, but not have to play the toughest minutes. So it's, it's a good spot there. But if they fall down a couple spots and they end up looking at uh, one of the defensemen available or Slavkovsky, or if Cooley falls to three, it just means that it takes a little bit longer. I don't think the gap is that huge between Shane Wright in terms of the max potential and the next couple guys. And that that ceiling in those players is not superstar level, but there's a lot of really good players at the top of this draft that goes down like almost 15 before it really drops off and then you get like the next tier of players. So it's it's a good draft in that there's lots of good players. There's just nobody who can be a franchise player. Yeah, and I think the big thing is like, look, you, you mentioned Nick Suzuki. When I he, when I hear Shane Wright, I, that's what I think of. Not super flashy, responsible. And, and what did what did Nick Suzuki do? You know, his last year junior really stepped up the offensive part of his game and became a difference maker. And look. Yes, there's no absolute generational talent in this draft, but Shane Wright is still a really good player. Like, I think like people are judging him on what he isn't as opposed to what he is. And, and yes, he's, he's not, you know, Connor McDavid. He's not Connor Bedard even. He's, he's not that type of player. But if you, if you can guarantee yourself a Nick Suzuki type prospect first overall, I'm pretty sure you would take that. Like the, 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 the gamble is, is very, very low. Like it's a low risk play. And, and I think that he has definitely the highest floor in the draft. And, you know, if you can guarantee basically a top six forward first overall, that, that's better than what some teams do uh, at first overall. So I, I think that he, from the start, he's been skewed about, and we get, we see this a lot because he was an exceptional player, right? He played in the OHL at 15. He was always there. And what do you do? You've seen it with Crosby, even with McDavid. They get batted down. John Tavares had that happen to him as well, right? Yep. Where as he approached the draft, John Tavares approached the draft, we, are, we started hearing what he isn't great at. And it's like, okay, but like, there's still a lot of good. There's a reason why I've been talking about him for all these years. It's because he has so much uh, talent in his skill set. And I think that that's the, the problem with, you know, some of these players, like, you know, even Taylor Hall, when he was first overall, Tyler Sagan kind of came out of nowhere and people were like, yeah, it's t- Taylor, Tyler. And they both ended up being very good players. But like, there's a reason why we talked about one for, for a long time. Yeah, this happens almost every year, unless it's like a Connor McDavid <laughs> or even Austin Matthews, even Connor McDavid. It happens with Lafreniere. People talked about Jack Eichel, right? Too. As a possible, yeah. be bet- would be better than McDavid, obviously Clearly not true, but I remember specifically the John Tavares one. It was like, oh, maybe Matt DeShane will be better than John Tavares. And it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not how it was. I think you could argue that Victor Hedman might be uh, better than John Tavares, mm-hmm. at least right now. Uh, maybe has had a better career overall or will have a better career. But that's like comparing a number one defenseman to a most of the time number one center. It's tough, you know, it, some bots in the stream here. I just noticed, uh, but yeah, it's all that focus on the consensus first overall pick starts to expose flaws in their game that other players don't have like that much focus on. Right. And I think that's a very interesting thing that happens every single year. And 
Shane Wright, from what I've, from the experts that I've talked to, whether it's scouts or analysts, I just realized that there's a, a score on the stream. <laughs> it's, it's for the New York game. Uh, whether it's uh, the the uh, I lost my train of thought completely when I saw the scoreboard there. Whether it's uh, the experts I, I talked to or the scouts, they have constantly said the comparable in terms of style of play for Shane Wright is Jonathan Taves. And they're saying like they don't want to say it's the same ceiling as Jonathan Taves, but it's like it's a very close knit, right? And if you could guarantee that you could walk away from a draft with Jonathan Taves, like prime Jonathan Taves, I think you're going to be pretty happy. Pretty happy. I bet you there's two teams that wish they did that. <laughs> yeah, no His draft year. <laughs> well, there's, you know, the, the comparison to Taves is, is a good one, I think. I've also heard a lot, like he models his game after Patrice Bergeron, and you also hear sometimes people comparing him to Tavares. Like uh, David St. Louis from uh, Elite Prospects has a great video for him on YouTube that everybody should go watch where he talks about his skill set and he like grades him on all of his skills and says like nothing he does in terms of individual skills is necessarily elite, but he's average or above average at pretty much everything he does. And what sets him apart is hockey IQ and positioning, right? Plays the game very smart. So he knows, I, I think he knows that he doesn't have those elite attributes. He doesn't have Austin Matthews shot. He, he can't skate like the wind. He's not Paul Byron. Um, there we go. A little shout out to the Montreal Canadiens there. Um, but the way that he combines everything with that excellent positioning and that hockey IQ, it's a chess game for him. He knows where he's going to go with the puck next. So off puck positioning, he's, he's really excellent at it. And that's what has pushed him up to the point where he's a first overall pick. It's not, you know, like, like you mentioned, he's not going to be Connor McDavid. He's not going to be that superstar, but Models his game after Bergeron, which you got to like. Uh, so he's really focused on developing a really good two-way game. Positioned extremely well. And then draws comparisons to guys like Tavares and Taves. You got to like that for a first-round pick or first yeah. overall pick. It's Again, it's not that generational talent that some people always want to get. But there is no general generational talent this year, at least not that we can tell from what we've seen so far from everybody available. Well, I think that also it comes down to what people want to see in a hockey player that's drafted first overall. Right. And they want to see that marquee skill in a specific area that makes them stand out. But it's not a comparable in terms of what uh, Shane Wright is going to play like or anything like that. But I think of every single time I look at, uh, if I take a wide swath of statistics and I combine them all together and I weight it based on like what is more relevant in terms of generating uh, more goals in the future, in better goal differential, all that every single time you do that for wingers, one of the top wingers in the league is Craig Smith. What's Craig Smith's standout skill. He doesn't have one. He's just really good at everything. Like he just doesn't have a weakness and whether it's with Nashville or with Boston, I believe among forwards or the last, uh, like since, 2011 or whatever or no since the 2012 lockout Craig Smith is like fifth in the league in goal differential among forwards which is like okay this guy is making a huge impact all over the ice he's not playing the top line minutes but he's just incredibly good all the time and he's up there with like Connor McDavid Austin Matthews the best players in the world 
Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and you're like, but also Craig Smith. And Shane Wright has the potential to be a guy like that that may not wow you night in and night out, but he does all the little things well. And that those little things build up over time and they become huge differences in games. So Shane Wright, 100% is going to be a very, very good player. And But as uh, Ian Boisvert says in the Zoom chat, he says, burn this footage if Ottawa wins the lottery. <laughs> well, that, that's the whole thing. It's like, we just talked a lot about Shane Wright, but there's a lot of, I mean, there's, like you mentioned, 75% chance they don't pick first. And the, the thing is, when, when you look at that, the drop-off from Wright to everyone else is not as steep, right? It's not like you're, you're, you're looking at Connor Mc, uh, that's a bad example. Not like you're looking at, you know, Austin Matthews and then, Patrick Liney, right? Like the, the drop off is not that steep here. And, and I think that that's, that's important. I mean, look, I think I've talked about with this with you after a, after a game before good teams, find good players. You don't have to have a can't miss player all the time, like good teams find and develop players. And that's the job that what the Montreal Canadiens have to do. Whether they pick second, third, first, uh, 28th or 33rd, like it doesn't make a difference. Just find good players. And, and that's what you have to do. I mean, that's, that's the key here. And the good news is that there is um, good talent, one, two, three, in this draft. So no matter what, Montreal is in a good spot. Um, yes, Shane Wright is the prize, but the consolation is not that bad either. Like, yeah. the, There's no reason for any Canadians fan or supporter or person involved to be negative after today because you're yeah. going to get a good player in a couple months, and, and that's, that's the best you can ask for. And whether you have to wait to see them in the NHL for a couple of months or a year and a couple of months yeah. or two years and a couple of months. At the point is when the Canadians are looking at being competitive, this player is going to be an important player for them. They have to be, they have to make bank on this. Yes. And it's not just yeah. about the pick, right? It's about development and what they focus on getting the best out of these players. It's just like we talk about Joshua Wah all the time. Uh, the Canadians cannot afford for Joshua Waugh to not translate his skill to the NHL level. He is way too good to let slip through the cracks. He has parts of his game that aren't going to translate very well. They need to work on that immediately to get him to the next level. Not next year, but a few years from now, a couple years from now, he needs to be an impact player for them. They, the same thing goes for this pick. I've got a question. I'm going to name drop for you guys. Uh, so I apologize for being douchey about it, but... Uh, Jay Baruchel sent me a text. This is more relevant for the next draft, actually. But he says, is the war in Ukraine going to affect draft eligibility of Russian players? Because the whole KHL-NHL agreement where the NHL can't poach Russian players under contract, obviously Mitchkov has a contract, I believe, for four more years. Does that become a huge difference maker next year if the NHL is no longer honoring that agreement? I, I yes and no, uh, because it, it Mitchkov is going to have to want to go also, right? Like he's going to have to want to break his contract, go to the NHL. And if you want to do that, then yes, obviously it's a factor, but I, I don't see the NHL banning Russian players like the CHL plans on doing at the import draft. I think it's just very much buyer beware. And is that good for teams that end up drafting, you know, fifth or sixth next year? Uh, probably, because I don't know if a team is going to necessarily pick him. Uh, you know, if you're a team that needs impact player, 
right away. And there was an issue with his contract anyway, right? Like that he was going to come over for a few years. So I don't think it's going to impact eligibility. Um, but obviously, if the player wants to come over, they'll have an opportunity to. If the NHL doesn't care anymore, then yeah. But but I mean, it's also harder for Russians to leave. It's going to be harder for them and their families. Um, there, there's a lot of issues uh, off ice for for players. Even you know, we, we see it with players speaking out right now. Right? It's it's an issue for them speaking out. Uh, coming over to the NHL is is a statement in its own. Um, so I think there's issues there. Uh, but no, I don't think it's going to affect eligibility. But it's going to be very much buyer beware. Yeah, I wonder, are you shutting yourself out like as a Russian player if you accept to do that and you come over to the NHL? You're making a pretty big bet because what if, you know, you can't go back afterwards and yeah. none of the teams there are willing to have you back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Mitchkov would basically be saying, all right, it's NHL or bust. And I mean, I guess there would be some other European leagues that would maybe be willing to have you afterwards, but you're hinging your career on I'm going to have success in the NHL, which as we know, you know, you could be a top pick in the NHL. Ask Neil Yakupov what happened there. Right. It doesn't always mean that you're going to that your game is going to translate and that you're going to have success. And then if, you know, the fact that he breaks his contract and leaves means that none of the KHL teams want to touch him in the future, he can't go back there. And that could be a big impact on his career. So, I mean, it's an interesting one for sure. I think, like Jared said, somebody who's drafting like not late in the first round, but like in the middle part or like the upper middle part of the round, they might be interested to go, all right, well, I might be able to take a flyer on Mitchkov. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I don't care about buyer beware because this is the best player that I was possibly going to get at that position anyway. So then they take the risk and they find out if he's willing to come over. Uh, but for him, it might even be a bigger risk than for the team that that's taking him yeah. to say, yeah, I'll come over. And then so it, it'll be an interesting one for sure. It's reminiscent of like the, the late 80s, 90s, like Mogilny and, and all those yeah. guys. Right. Like it's because the risk is so high. Like you can't like. You know, those players like the, the McGillneys and the, the Makarovs and, and those players, like they left knowing that they might never be able to go back ever. And, and I think that that's um, the kind of risk <laughs> that if you if you leave, like you're burning, you're burning a lot of bridges. Um, and, and obviously, you know, betting on yourself is one thing, but I mean, that's their home, right? Like he's never lived anywhere other than Russia. Right. So I, I you know, it's, it's definitely a risk for especially for an 18 year old kid. And um yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. Like maybe if you're a team that has like a lot a lot of Russians uh, on, on your roster, maybe like you know Washington or, or something like that, where it might be a little easier for them to come over. Like think about Detroit. You know when they had the the Russian five, they all came over kind of pretty much together, um, and and got through it together and, and had their own little community. So I think that that's you know something to look at. But yeah, I mean. You're talking about Connor Bedard. I think you know, bet on him being first overall because I don't think he is going to have much competition when it comes to Mitch. I don't think a team is going to gamble like that first overall. I, no. I just don't. I think the main question I have is whether or not Russians will fall, right? And Mitchkov to me is not a guy who carries a lot of risk in terms of like will he or won't he make the NHL. His skill level mm-hmm. is just right. so ridiculous. But it's the guys who would have been like late first round picks or second round picks. Do they become third and fourth round picks? And then is it a situation where teams are are going to take those risks? Or is it a team that's going to take them early because they're worried that they're going to get taken? It's going to be really interesting to watch how it, it goes for Russian players over the next couple of drafts here. And how well the whole situation is with Russians coming over because on top of their personal, uh, a bit like 
situation where you might not be allowed back into the league or whatever if you go over to the NHL when you were under contract. There's also the fact that there's still a guy in charge who threatens people's families, right? It, it hasn't been that long since I think the last one was Artemi Panarin had his family threatened by the Putin administration. So that is a factor for Russian players. and You know, something that we talked about when Ovechkin had been voicing, uh, you know, support for Putin. And it's like, how much does Ovechkin actually support Putin? He seems like he really likes Putin. But is it, but is it because his family lives in Russia and he's high profile and he has to support Putin? We don't actually know the truth there. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, could very easily just like, be, you know, doing the talking points that he's supposed to to say, right? I mean, it it I don't know. When when I see him talk about it, I, I don't get the sense that he's like super pro Putin. I really get the sense it's what you're saying, which is like he's saying what he's supposed to say to make sure that he's, you know, towing the line enough that they leave him and his family alone. Yeah, like I said, it's not just a risk about contract status and things like that. It's your whole family, um, and and we're not just talking about immediate family. Like you're, you know, the, the, there's a chance that your cousins and you, know, you can't bring everyone over, right? <laughs> like that. That's the problem. Like you can bring maybe your your immediate family over, make sure they're safe, things like that. But there's always going to be a, a trickle down effect, and you know, these are literally life changing decisions for these players, and and it's tough. Like it, it's. Um, but like you say, you know, whether it's going to affect people dropping down, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's like the nineties all over again, right? Like Pavel Burry was a, a late pick and almost got picked up by, by a couple of teams and Vancouver ended up picking him a little earlier. Like, I just feel like that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. And it's all about, you know, market and efficiency. We've already seen it a little bit with, with Russians dropping a little bit. Yeah. Um, who are under contract. It was Netsov. Yeah. I mean, there was rumors he didn't right? want to come over and then yeah. Washington was like, he'll come over for Ovi. And lo and behold, <laughs> so that's where we just got, we just got to get Alexander Romanov to have a conversation with Matt Mitchkov and be like, "Listen, buddy, the only place you want to play is Montreal. So just go out there and say, listen, 'I'll come to the NHL under one condition. It's in Montreal.' I'll tell you what, Matt Vay, your whole family can come stay at my house. I'll I'll make space for you. All right, the lottery has started, and we are going to bring in our other Habs fans here. I ask everyone to uh, keep their mics off uh, if you can. We'll have like a couple people who uh, will, will be able to speak, but for the most part, we don't want to have like everybody talking at once because I feel like as much as in a room that like excitement is good over Zoom, I think it would just create garbled noise <laughs> on the stream, but we're going to ask you to turn your cameras on now and bear with us as I switch to the uh, the mode here with different people on let's see here how it looks okay and then we got a bunch of canadians fans in the chat now see i can move this around it's not quite capturing everyone go nope that just drunk it all right so Mentions in the chat saying, remember that if San Jose picks at 13th, that means Montreal picks first. So, draft lottery is about to start. They are kicking it off. Uh, for those who are here at uh, in the room, I think Jared is still unmuted, so Jared can talk. 
let's invite in uh, Ian as well. Ian Boisvert, who's been on the show a bunch of times. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. I'm starting to get nervous, but I yeah. feel good. It's it's good nerves. These are good nerves. I'm glad. I think everybody's nervous right now, but uh, it's exciting. The lottery is beginning. Canadians have the best chance at number one. It's not a great chance. As we reiterated, there's, uh, you know, over a 70% chance that they don't pick first. But I'm tired of talking about math. I want I don't want to talk <laughs> like this is the last night for the year that I'm talking about math. And then after this, it's over. Let me get out a graph. <laughs> it's, it's actually a lot easier than it than than it, uh, it looks when you look at just the percentages and the rules. Yeah, but I know yeah, that it's... like I, I'm going to feel more comfortable if one of those like first five teams comes off the board quick, because if one of those guys wins, you know, they can move yeah. up only 10 spaces. So it kind of guarantees Montreal one or two at that point, realistically, unless yeah. it's Columbus. If, can... if Winnipeg, if, if Winnipeg is the first team that, that that's flipped over, that's good news for Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. That means two teams have already won and that's over. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's such a weird feeling watching this after going to the Stanley cup final <laughs> last year. It's not fair. It, it I mean, <laughs> I feel like Canadians fans should view it as they got kind of lucky, right? You get the best of both worlds, except for you didn't win the cup. But if they won the cup, probably Bergevin would never be fired, right? So you got your your cup run, and it was fun. And then all the people who were holding the team back from doing that on a consistent basis got ripped out of the organization and replaced (laughs) by better people. So now you get a first to third overall pick to start the rebuild. It was 45 games of absolute misery to start the season, but <laughs> it wasn't that awful in the second half. There's there was things no. to hang your hat on, you know, Paul Caulfield scoring. What was it? 21 goals in the last 40 something games. 22, yeah. 22. 22 goals. Finished for 23. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible how good he was. Here's, here's a question for you. Did the Montreal Canadiens have a better than 25.5% chance of winning the Stanley Cup final? Last year? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd have to when look back at Dom's charts. It's got to be lower. Like, even when they were like in 22. the final, I think it's lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not great. I mean, at the same time, I think Dom had the Canadians at like a 21% chance to beat the Leafs and a 23% yeah. chance to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. So I guess you can't do magic three times in a row in, in one playoff year. It was kind of you to skip the Jets odds. That was, nice I mean, to do that. <laughs> the Jets were not great. Let's be honest. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it looks like it's not Sportsnet That's actually doing the draft lottery. Hey, I think it's ESPN. It, it's, it's, yeah. It, no, it, yeah, it's ESPN. I think. Yeah. You're in my neck. Of the it's, it's, that's out in Bristol, Connecticut. <laughs> Well, no, it's in the NHL studios, so it's in New Jersey. NHL okay. Network. Oh, right? yeah, 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 you're right. NHL Network. Yeah, yeah, because they share. I think they share the same building with MLB Network, and it's the same like brick yeah. that they have everywhere in the building. Yeah, they're interviewing Kent Hughes now. They just showed Wendell Clark being drafted, and I had never seen Wendell Clark's draft video. Oh. He looks like Steve Irwin, but with a mustache. <laughs> He's got the exact same hair, and he was wearing like khaki colors. Brilliant. Oh boy. 
this is making me realize I don't know what a lot of GMs look like. Like I'm like I'm like is that the GM? Who is that? Yeah. Um, when they're going through the different teams here, I'm like, uh, I don't recognize many of these people. Are these like just fit, like executives? Are they GM? Like who are these people? Yeah, it's not um, always the that's GM. What I'm realizing. Right? Yeah, but uh, I think Pierre, that's Pierre Maguire, Kyle Davidson in uh, Chicago. There, they're talking to right now yeah. for introducing Dorian, Steve Irisman. Yeah, so some of them recognize. She what did you Pierre guys Maguire think of uh, Pierre Dorian firing Pierre Maguire yesterday? <laughs> what took him so long? Um, no, um, <laughs> I think I think we all know what took him so long. It was uh, yes, yeah, the passing yeah, yeah. Of, of the owner, right? <laughs> Not that that part is funny, but it is somewhat funny that as soon as that happened, he was like, "You're out of here." <laughs> Pierre on Pierre violence. The only thing that I was kind of disappointed about was that Pierre LeBron didn't break that news because then it could be Pierre reporting on Pierre on Pierre violence. <laughs> Well, and yeah, it, it's, uh, it seems like he was behind the Hamannick trade, right? Like that seems like right out of his playbook. So the, the damage has already kind of been done. Tyler it, Boucher too. Tyler Boucher is a Pierre yeah. Maguire pick through and through. Like Ugh. that is a hundred percent Pierre Maguire. Like you can't tell me any different. Um, Pierre Dorian can like announce that it was his decision a hundred percent. And I'd be like, no, it's not. You're lying. It, it's absolutely not your decision. Although I was happy for a moment, and then I realized living in the States, he's probably going to end up back on my TV. So that bums me out a lot. Like, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of games that'll be on so. view next year. You don't think they'll put, don't you don't think, think so. the TNT broadcast is atrocious. They will have him. But they, they could have fired, they could have hired him. He was hired by Ottawa after ESPN and TBS announced their teams. It's true. So it's true. I think if ESPN you, I think if you just flashed their draft rankings, which were it was Wright, Slavkovsky, Cooley, and uh, Savoy. Yeah, I am going to my hot take is there's absolutely no chance in hell that four players are picked and none of them are defensemen at the top of this draft. Yeah, I, I, every scout that I've talked to has talked up the defensemen in this at the top of this draft as very very good, like potential top pair defensemen, which is. Like I like Matt Savoy, and I feel like he's gotten a lot of good press at the last half of this year, but I don't know if he's as much of a guarantee as as those defensemen. And I feel like I feel like the two defensemen being so similar like makes them like like people are like I don't know they're the same like they, they can't tell them apart so they're like yeah five and six that's yeah. who they are and, and it's just like I don't know who's like every every ranking I've seen they're one beneath the other it's like oh defense now. Too many yeah. forwards here, so let's put a let's put a defenseman out there. Shane Wright has a lot of like he looks like Jonathan Drouin a little bit. I don't yeah, know if I'm the only one seeing this, but like I'm yeah, like like they showed they showed him quickly. And I'm like, what? Why are you talking to Jonathan <laughs> Drouin for? And then I then they show Shane Wright, but yeah, it's interesting. The ghost. I think ghost I think Vegas's representative pass. is Jonathan Marcheseau. I, I don't know if anybody else saw that, but I think that Vegas's rep was was Jonathan Marcheseau. I didn't Which notice who it was. I noticed they had an actual like golden knight helmet it was a player behind him. it was it was a player for sure um i don't know if anybody can fact check me on that but i think it was marcia so but i could be wrong was it a player that they had to like retire and then put into the front office because they're over the cap already <laughs> for next year that, that's their bonus their bonus is like look we'll put you on ltir but you have to show up to the draft lottery oh. it was dadanov was it that enough? Okay. It was dead enough. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's, that's a, okay, funny. I was like, wait, was it really? That's, that's hilarious. No, I don't think so. Was it? Wasn't probably him. No. No. If it, it was, was I, no, I was messing around. I just thought it'd be funny <laughs> if they even asked him to do it. Like, hey, do you want to be our rep for this? It'd be like, 
the most awkward conversation ever after you tried to trade him and you weren't actually allowed to trade him and it was so funny I watching that down trade. the stretch because like they needed him they put him in like the shootout against Dallas when like they needed it to to keep their season alive and like why would you like if you're in that situation I mean I'm petty so I would just go into the I would bury it into the corner like there would be no chance I'm putting that anywhere near the net <laughs> Brad, Brad Marchand style just like fan on the puck oh sorry I yeah. touched it too bad yeah uh, oops. Uh, the, the stretch run was super, super interesting for me. Like you had Arizona coming back from like crazy deficits and uh, beating teams that like needed to win for the playoffs. Like they came back against Dallas, was it? Yeah, they were down um, three and, to Dallas. It, yeah, like that. That was like more fun than I've had the covering up. Like, <laughs> it, like if I compare that to like when the Canadians were like one point out of the playoffs, like that run was pretty intense. But I feel like the race for 30 seconds was very like entertaining. Like it was like like they were all winning. Like teams we, were like one show one. There was a game over the the night that that Arizona came back against Dallas, and like we're all in the chat, just like Arizona is within one. They tied it. They won it in over. Like it was insane. I think yeah, that was, was it was like the second last game of the year, right? We were like, yeah, yeah that was the Rangers game. Clinched Rangers last game. overall, and everybody was really mad at Jeff Petrie for scoring two really really nice goals because it ruined the loss in that game. And then a few hours and later, Hoffman it didn't matter. Too. Yeah, that's Mike Hoffman right. scored as well. Yeah, Mike yeah, Hoffman just, and Jeff Petrie ended the year on fire, actually. <laughs> yeah. like so, Somebody, I remember in EOTP's mentions uh, on Twitter, someone was like, uh, of course, the one time they both score it hurts us. Um, and, uh, but yeah. uh, obviously it, it didn't matter. Like, I, I was always on team win. Like, just win. Yeah. Like, you don't want to play to lose. And, and you know what? It, it made the last game so much more fun. Yeah. Like, because there, like, it was, everyone just like, who cares about like losing? We already clinched last place. Uh, let's just win 10 to two against Florida um, who weirdly haven't really seemed to recover from that, even though it was their B team. Um, yeah. They had two guys very... that never, that never stepped foot on the ice in that game. <laughs> like that was I think Mike Johnson on the broadcast called them grocery stick players. Cause they just separated the forwards from the defensemen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> a question somewhere in the Vegas stream like, chat that says, uh, "Don't you all feel collectively that Buffalo deserves to win the number one overall pick more than Montreal Ooh. of all teams?" No, Ooh. why they won it last year? <laughs> like, they literally no. just drafted first overall. How many Wait. rebuilds can one team do? Be quiet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just feel like if, if you can't get it right after getting what they've had two first overall picks in the last four years, right? Twenty eighteen, they got Dalene. Uh, and then you got 2021 uh, power. Uh, yeah, no. Like, if you can't, if that's your, your fault. Like, yeah, too bad. That's the reason that the strap lottery is like this. Right. Like, and, and like, they, they lost, yeah, even the year they lost the draft lottery, they ended up with Jack Eichel. Like, come on. Like, that's, no, I have no sympathy for Sabres fans. Sorry. <laughs> I, I have sympathy Sabres for Sabres fan. fans. <laughs> I have no yeah. sympathy okay, okay, for okay, Sabres. Fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. The Sabres fans might deserve to win the lottery, but their their management is not. Yeah. All right. They're starting to bring I'm out sorry, Sabres cards fans. here. Bill Daly is on the screen. Remember the year when they they accidentally flashed the results, and people were like, "Oh, those can't be the results." And sure enough, they ended up being the results. Yeah. I think it was the year New Jersey one. Was it the yep. year New Jersey one? Yeah. Um, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they're just testing the software. Those aren't the results." And then the results come, and like it was exactly the right. Like, oh. Oops. <laughs> Someone got fired that night. 
Oh my God, it's getting serious in the chat. The same, the same person. Declining industrial base and disastrous neoliberal policies of destroyed Buffalo. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to disagree with you. Nobody likes the neoliberals. They're terrible. Oh, here we go. We're starting. Oh, are we? Okay, okay sorry. Stay. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's all good. And 16th, Bill Daly's talking. It's the Golden Knights, so they didn't win. Goes to Buffalo. Speaking of Jack Eichel. <laughs> so it's not the Golden Knights winning. Oh, goes to Buffalo. Wait. Oh, right, because they traded their pick to Buffalo. Jack Eichel. Right. Jack Eichel. Of course. 15. They had a five Vancouver. Five out of 1,000 chance. Yeah. Both Vancouver and Buffalo. Looks very chuffed. The GM of Vancouver. <laughs> he looks <laughs> miserable. Doesn't even want to be there. 14. Winnipeg. This is where it starts chipping away at that extra 7% that Montreal yeah. had. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, getting down to teams that are... My, my, my favorite lottery uh, possibility is... Columbus getting second and then Arizona winning a lottery. Islanders at 13. Yeah. Lou Lamorello sitting there alone because he fired pick. all the good yeah. people in the organization. That means there's only one more of those picks that can that can help secure yeah. Montreal's yeah. first spot. Number 12. Columbus. Yarmo Kekalainen looks happy. getting intense over here <laughs> this is where any team that's out of order is bad news for montreal yep yep if you're, if you're watching this san jose 11 so i think that's where they're supposed to be yep pat verbeek doesn't seem very happy anaheim the ducks Nothing out of order yet. Nope. Is Buffalo going to be here? Anybody nervous? A little bit. Oh, apparently my stream is <laughs> behind. That's annoying. Buffalo yeah, got my... ninth. Yep. Okay. The Come on, Videotron, catch up. <laughs> yeah. The weirdest thing is my my like uh, TV that I can view over like my browser is like thirty seconds ahead of my TV over my TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's Videotron. Behind. I will say, at least Videotron's prices are great. Videotron, sponsor game over Montreal. Sport, the sports, <laughs> the Detroit. Sportsnet uh, app is Sportsnet app is pretty good. Um, in terms of live to uh, feed delay. Detroit's at eight. Honestly, is if Detroit and Ottawa stay where they are, anything else is fine. I'm good with whatever. Yeah, seven. I'm at the team, at, team Atlantic Division. Yeah, Ottawa Senators do not win. Yes, <laughs> this is a win in of itself. I, so, I was at the bargaining stage already. Which terrible player will the Ottawa Senators take at seven? Oh, they don't have Pierre Maguire anymore. I wish they would have kept him on for another couple months. <laughs> just yeah, just a little bit. Can't let him get all those draft secrets out there. <laughs> Six is Chicago. So, this this is good news for Montreal. It is. Uh, that it's staying in order this this late. So the question is, guys, if this draft in Montreal is 
going to Montreal, is the draft rigged? No, they had the best chance. <laughs> like it's not rigged. It's just they had the best odds. They won. Like Philadelphia it's, at five. It's not. Like if they were fifteenth, okay, maybe. <laughs> Wait, did you but say no, Philly at five? That means New Jersey That's our won. First one. out of order, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that means New Jersey won. Jersey Why is it always New Jersey? Or they could be second. They could have moved up. To it second could, as well. but also Seattle. they have too many. This is where it really depends. This is where we'll see with number three. See. Oh, they're going to go to commercial because, of course, they are. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, they always they got to increase the intensity. Yeah. So New well, Jersey has moved up. <laughs> we don't know if it's to two or one. Don't know. This is vibes. This is vibes of, of 2018 draft lottery when uh, you were stuck wanting to see whether it was Montreal or Arizona because Carolina was already out of order at that point. They had won a lottery and then it was going to come down to Arizona or Montreal, whoever it was fifth. <clears throat> Uh, hadn't moved up basically. Yeah. And when Arizona, when Arizona was flipped over, you knew Montreal had won one as well. Uh, and that's basically where we are now, where yeah. third is going to be either Arizona or Montreal. Um, and you're going to know what the uh, what the result yeah. was. But who we'll uh, finished where? Yeah. I, I always like to see the the actual combination that wins the lottery um, to see the the four the four number combination. Uh, to see, you know, if there's anything that's uh, fitting in that in that four number thing, and you could also see what what teams were one one number away from from winning the lottery. Yeah, well, I think it was 2016. They were a number. Off, Montreal is a number off from winning the first overall yeah. pick. Yeah, from Matthews. Yeah, it, it, when that's it came down to the last when it came to the last ball, uh, Montreal yeah. was one of the teams that had a chance of of one. They the had the highest there. chance. Yeah, the highest chance. Exactly. Uh, just like uh, Toronto yeah. actually had the highest chance to get Connor McDavid, McDavid. on the yeah, last ball. Exactly. And then Edmonton took it. Anybody nervous? I'm wondering how people, they're going to do it. There's like, some people saying they're throwing up in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they going to come back and actually show us three? Or are they just going to go, here's one, and then everything? No, they're going to go three first, yeah. and then they'll do one. Yeah. They'll do yeah. three, and then they'll do one. Because there's still like we know Jersey's one or two, so we know three is Arizona or Montreal. And then yeah, no matter who the next one is, we know the. I guess we don't know the. Order. We don't know the order. <laughs> we don't know the order. No, because Montreal could win the second lottery, for right. example. Right. Um, we don't know that for sure. So we're hoping the next card's Arizona. Basically. Now I wish I had like the thing in front of me that Michael Blake McCurdy posted this afternoon that was like everybody's odds for what because I don't know what New Jersey's odds are for the first round pick. Um, I can get that up quickly. All right, let's see. It can't have been good. It like it has to be pretty bad odds. Let's see, New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, there they are. Eight point five and eight point five for both. So they literally have yeah. no better chance at one or the other. <laughs> tells us stupid. nothing. <laughs> but but Montreal is it, kind of skewed though because Montreal's twenty five means nothing now. Yeah, um, correct. Twenty four point because because none of the the seven teams won. So uh, Montreal had to win this on their own if they were to win it um, at this point. Yeah, they they can't rely on anybody else. They can't uh, uh, win by losing. Which is oh, here we go. There it is. <laughs> 
Come on, Arizona. Kent Hughes is in the basement. <laughs> kind of looks like it with the lighting. I'm not going to spoil it because I think I'm ahead of people. Arizona. Okay. Arizona yeah. takes third. So Montreal will have one or First two. First or second. Yeah. Good news. Good news. <laughs> kind of sucks to be Arizona. You literally tried to be <laughs> awful this year. You couldn't quite be as awful as Montreal, who were trying to be good. And you don't get one of the top two picks. Kind of amazing. This is this is a win no matter what. Okay. Right. Shape. Number <laughs> one overall is let's see. The Montreal Canadiens. We did it. There we go. How's everybody feeling? Terrific. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Shane Wright, Montreal Canadian. Who's happy? They won something. They won something, guys. <laughs> they did they do a lot something. of that this year. Montreal yeah. Canadians finally get a win. <laughs> Game over is not cursed. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> People, can we get some rigged in the chat, please? <laughs> oh, my just, God. Well, I'm just excited that Shane Wright doesn't have to play in a college uh, a college rink for the first three years of his career. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I'm totally with you. And this is something that I've been saying for the last couple months here, ever since they announced that deal with uh, the college rink. If Connor Bedard has to go play in a smaller arena than the crap hole he plays in in Regina, that is an embarrassment. I think the Coyotes should be removed from next year's lottery. Oh, my God. Shane Wright to the Montreal Canadiens, guys and gals and everyone does, does, does else. Does he take Hi, David everyone. number? Hey, Laura's here. Hi, I've been does here the whole time. David I've been, like, number? scheduling my live stream that's going at, at 7.15 and... I hate technology. <laughs> oh my god! Everyone, I'm so happy. happy. Can you see it on my face? I'm all red, uh, <laughs> mostly because I'm wrestling with YouTube. But I'm also extremely excited. Um, my title for the episode is "The Shane Spiral Is Complete." <laughs> Shane Spiral. <laughs> and hey, I'm going to be on Locked On Canadians with Laura tomorrow to talk about this. So, well, tomorrow we've got this. And we've got the other episode that we did plus our live reaction. And then you're going to be on the Thursday episode talking more about this. Yes. Because I have. Yeah. Well, today we talked about how David Savard doesn't actually suck. So that's exciting. Blasphemy. <laughs> Scott's like, let me go get some ice for my whiskey. <laughs> you guys should join us on our live show. I've scheduled it for 7.15, even though we're supposed to do it at 7. Uh, I was just kind of yes. like. I don't uh, want to cannibalize this conversation. No, no, no. Of course, uh, this show is going to close out here in a couple minutes. The hype is real. And when we're finished, if you still want to talk Montreal Canadiens, head on over to the Locked On Canadians YouTube channel. Can you uh, actually, Laura, can you load up the YouTube stream and just have it on mute and post your your the link to your channel in the YouTube chat for everyone so that they know where to go. And if you want to talk about the Maple Leafs, you can go over to Steve's stream for uh, the Leafs and lightning game. Watch Steve be in extreme pain on Sportsnet <laughs> while the Maple Leafs blow it again. Cause that's what we're going to do, right? It's going to be fun. So thank you everyone for joining me here tonight and reacting to a wild draft lottery where we thought that they were going to lose it when New Jersey got marked as uh, moving up, but the Montreal Canadiens take first overall. It's going to be a big, big deal in Montreal in a couple months here. I think it's uh, 
July seventh. So yeah. stay tuned to SDPN for some announcements about July seventh because we're gonna have something here in Montreal. We're gonna do something for all of you. It's gonna be fun. And uh, I can't wait. Uh, thanks to the people who came on and chatted with me, Jared, Matt, Laura, Ian, and everyone who came in and reacted. It's great to see everyone again. Great to chat with everyone again on Game Over Montreal. It's been fun managing the Toronto and uh, Calgary shows, but I do miss this. I miss it. It's fun. So I can't wait for next <laughs> season. I can't wait for the draft. Jane Wright, Montreal Canadian. How's that for center depth for a rebuilding team? Suzuki, Wright, and Dvorak does not sound bad to me. It's not bad at all. All right. All you need is one of them to be. All you need one of them to be a Bergeron, one of them to be Krejci, and you're golden. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're also signing. <laughs> now uh, now Jared's saying remember. they're going to be the Bruins. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> hey, the vibes were too high. I had to bring it down a little bit. <laughs> I had to bring it down a little high. bit. Uh, Jay Barishel texts, go Bolts. All right, go Bolts. That's go the, Bolts. <laughs> I know, I, before we close it out, who are you guys, who would you rather win? The team that beat Montreal in the final last year or Toronto? Uh, easy one. I want the Bolts to knock the Leafs out and then the Bolts to get knocked out in the next round. So that's simple. I like that. I, 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 I have a soft spot for the Leafs. Um, I, I want to see them do well. Oh, no. We've got a Leafs yeah. jersey in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, just because I want everyone that we've got involved in Game Over Toronto and Game Over Calgary to continue to have shows, I would like both Calgary and Toronto to make it a little <laughs> bit further this year. So that's who I'm cheering for. As much as I like to bug Leafs fans and make fun of them, I do, uh, do want to see a few more Leafs games this year. And I'm just, I'm tired of Tampa Bay. You won twice in a row. Get out of here. Aren't you tired? Aren't you exhausted? <laughs> and, and the, the Leafs have actually built up a really good organization, right? They were the first ones to bring women into hockey operations. They were uh, the first ones to really bring um, a lot of different viewpoints in. And, and you see other teams doing that as well. So I, I want, they've been doing things the right way. You can argue about their cap management and things like that, but organizationally, um, they deserve to to have some success, I think. Agreed. All right. Just one round's worth of success and then immediately eliminated by the Florida oh, yeah. Panthers. Oh, yeah. I mean, crap we, together. We, Steve needs it. Steve needs his hits, right? And losses yeah. bring hits. So either that or they go to the Stanley Cup final game seven overtime and lose. That would be fantastic. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We'll see you. I don't know when the next one's going to be. Honestly, might be next season, might be something in the summer. I've got something planned with a, a skills coach that's going to come on and teach some stuff during the summer, which is going to be really fun. But for now, go on over and hang out with uh, Laura and Scott at Locked On Canadians or Steve at Sportsnet to watch the Leafs game. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>